0: Welcome back to this movie podcast still needs a title. This is Deanne. I'm happy to be here today. I have so much to talk to you about. It has been a very busy time in a movie in movie dumb movie dumb. Um, and so, uh, let's get started. We're going to do three things today. The first thing is I'm going to do a quick review of the new M. Night Shyamalan movie Split, uh, spoiler free. So you don't have to have seen the movie to listen to my review. In fact, I'm going to try and get you pumped up or, and, or not pumped up to see this based on what I share with you. Um, And then the next section, we'll just do a couple of reviews on Sundance. I really let you guys down. I um, had some sickness in my house, and we ended up missing a lot of our Sundance um, watches. So I've only seen two since we last connected. Um, But I do have um, a marathon coming up today and tomorrow of four additional movies. So I'll be bringing you reviews of those. And then the last section, um, I've been busy watching a lot of things, not as much Sundance as I wanted, but I've basically busted through 14 different Um, pieces of work that I want to rate for you in three categories of you totally need to see this, let's do it. Okay, maybe you want to see this depending on who you are or don't see this. I don't feel like those are the official category names, but I'm just working through it like everything. We just work through it. Um, Okay, let's get started with M. Night. I see Remember that everyone remembers that that was movie genius I will tell you that um, I am in the world of M night fandom um, not everybody is I know it's not for everybody there's a lot of complaints that could be made about some of the script writing and some of the flaws in many of the narratives that he's put together and some really really big movie disasters but overall I will never forget the first time I saw the sixth sense sixth sixth sense Okay, so you guys need to know that I really debated if me having a movie podcast made any sense, because I know I have this lisp, and when I say things like sixth sense, I mean, it scares me, and then I feel bad for you, but it's okay. Um, So, M. Night, okay. Um, Not a perfect track record. We know this. Um, I just saw the movie Split, and I dug it. And um, I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about my M. Night list of top five um, that he's put out and let you know where Split falls into that. And then I have a really, really special treat for you for listening. If you just make it through this segment, you are going to be able to hear a super weird fangirl song that I compiled that is related directly to M. Night Shyamalan. So I'm putting myself out there for you and for your entertainment. So stick around for that. Okay, so you heard me mention The Sixth Sense, obviously. Um, If I was going to talk through the things that M. Night has put together for us that I think are worth talking about, the one that would fall just outside of the money would probably be the movie that came out last year called The Visit. You may or may not have seen this one. This is about the kids who went to visit their grandparents, and crazy wackiness ensues, and um, it was good. It was actually, I um, rated it pretty high for for my list. I thought it was fun and interesting, and um, I thought it was a little bit of a return to form for what I liked M. Night for in the future years of his movie making. So I liked it. And I think um, the good news I have for you about Split is I think Split is even getting him closer back to what I originally really appreciated and loved about his what he did for us. So um, that is that. Uh, the next one in line is the movie Signs. This one is um, a mixed bag. Some people really, really love this movie. I liked it. I, I didn't fully... Um, embraced it the way many others did, Um, but, you know, this is the one, remember, with the aliens and the crop circles and the water and Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson and has a twist. Just in case you didn't know, M. Night is known for the twists and um, Signs was um, a really good little picture. Um, So the next one, my number four in line, so to speak, would be Split. Uh, So pretty high given, um, that, uh, yeah, he's put out some pretty good stuff. So, um, I'm going to talk about split when we get done. The next one for me, I loved the movie, the village. This was Joaquin as well. This is the one with the people living in the gated community and there's stuff happening outside the walls that they're scared of. And it keeps them, um, close to home, uh, because they have the fear in them that if they leave something bad will happen. Wait a minute. This is really weird. Everything that I am saying right now sounds eerily familiar to a little popular television show called Game of Thrones. Hmm. Weird. So, uh, now, uh, number two, for sure, and it's a big gap for me. So, it's like if the village was hanging out kind of in the middle ground, like, this is good, I like it, it's fun, whatever, then you take a big, huge leap, um, and Unbreakable remains so high for me. I loved this movie. Um, This was the one with Bruce Willis, uh, who was in the train accident. And through the course of a very kind of muted storytelling device, you find out, spoiler alert, alert, folks, I'm going to spoil this movie. Uh, It was made in 2000. So that was 17 years ago. So I feel like I'm okay to do this. But if you really have to turn the podcast off, you can do it. But anyway, you find out through the course of, like I said, a very understated storyline and story development, which some people are critical of, kind of felt like it was maybe a little too boring. But I was all I was fascinated by the way this movie sort of turned from a drama to a superhero movie in the end. Um, And I loved the way it was plotted and laid out. And um, I rewatched it recently and it holds up for me. So uh, then, of course, number one, I love The Sixth Sense. It was an amazing movie. It was a perfect movie, if you ask me. Um, Many people would criticize me for that comment because every single one of these movies, the twist itself becomes such a device in how the movie is created that it does skew um some of the things that happen along the way especially i think in some of the script writing but i love you know the unfolding and the magic tricks so um it's it's good so split does this guys it's fun if you liked those movies i just talked about then you're going to like split if you didn't if you then i don't i don't think you're going to like this i'm not going to try and sell you on something if you're not into um the, these kind of this pe- these pieces of work that he has put together then you're not going to like split but if you are into it you're going to have fun um the movie really is um what i would describe as kind of suspense um, suspense horror maybe not even really horror but suspense thriller type of layout um there's a kidnapping There's introduction of uh, James McAvoy's character. You've probably seen the trailer. Obviously, split refers to split personalities. And um, he has 23 or 24, some some large number of personalities. And he kidnaps some girls. You saw this in the trailer. I'm not spoiling anything. And then um, they uh, kind of start to... Work on their escape plan, um, looking at different ways to partner with different personalities of this main character. And it's pretty interesting. Um, Here's what I'll say as the highlight. I'm a huge James McAvoy fan, so this helped for me. Um, I would call this, like, acting his ass off is probably the best I can describe it. And for some people, they're actually critical of that because it's almost a little too much. I mean, this is like, you, 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 you know he's acting. And you're watching his approach to how to, how to take on this character. And you can feel that. And so that does kind of pull you out in some ways. But for me, I found it fascinating and I thought he nailed it. Supposedly, Joaquin Phoenix was actually the one who was going to take this role. And then I I think it was scheduling. I'm not sure what happened, but James McAvoy stepped in and I think it was, um, you know, it's hard to say who would have done it better, but I think he completely nails it. And the part that I love the most is how much he is having, so he is having so much fun doing it, and it's really really cool to watch. So that was the highlight for me personally. Um, so James McAvoy, if you're not familiar with him, he played the young Professor X from the X-Men series and the, the most recent first class X-Men series, something something like that. Um, he also was in that movie Atonement. Oh, I loved that. Do you remember that one? Anyway, um, and he was in uh, the original Narnia. Do you remember those? Yeah. Okay. Uh, So that's probably my number one highlight. If I had some things to criticize about the movie, I do think that there are some problems with plot and there are some problems with script that are, again, I think, related to trying to get you off the scent of the quote unquote twist. And so it's sort of this feeling where you're like, okay, people wouldn't really do this or say this. Oh, okay, maybe that's because there's. He's trying to make me sniff out that maybe this is the direction of the twist or that these people are acting weird. And so this must be, you know, we must be on to something here that I found that distracting um, in particular. There's a couple of actresses in this who um, I feel like uh, don't know how to take that script and make it feel um A little more natural. You know, I don't think that M. Night always has the best uh, scripts, but I think that the best performances and you get the right actors doing it like James McAvoy, they can take a script and make it amazing. And then some people kind of fumble through it. So you see a little bit of that here. Um, There are some dark themes, the darkest that he's ever put out. Um, And it never goes all the way there in terms of the dark side, but I will tell you it gets pretty close. And there's a couple of stomach-turning moments for sure. So just know that going in. Um, And um, I think that the movie comes to a really lovely conclusion. And obviously, we're not going to get into that. So you decide if you think this movie is for you. Um, If you see it, I really can't wait to talk to you about it, because um, it's one of those movies that, you know, you just have to see to be able to um, really understand. Um, There's, I think, really kind of, there's the conclusion of the movie, which certainly has a twist to it, and there's also kind of a secondary twist. Um, So look for that. It's fun. Enjoy. And uh, now, (laughs) without further ado, okay. So I mentioned how much I love the movie Unbreakable. One of the things I love about the movie Unbreakable is the score. And I don't know if you remember it, but it, it's kind of just this heavy sort of techno beat. But I just, there was, it it overlays a couple of scenes in the movie that I really love. And I and I was really drawn to it to the point that I wrote a song, um, the lyrics and the melody. And I brought it to my brother, Matt, who, as you guys remember, is the Chinese rock star that we talked about. And he um, put it to some music kind of from the inspiration of the Unbreakable movie. And this is what it was. This is what I created for you. So (laughs) please enjoy this. It's a song called Superhero. um, And it is 100% in honor of the movie Unbreakable. Yes, I am a dork. Yes, I have a movie podcast because I love movies. I can hear you laughing and that's fine. I get it. It's a little bit lame, but it is what it is and it's part of me. So there you go. Um, so enough on M night, let's move on to a very quick little Sundance recap. I saw just two movies Um the first one is a movie called Colossal. Uh, which comes from a director uh, named Nacho Vigalondo. He's from Spain. He is known for primarily movies in the horror genre, uh, suspense genre. And he's put together this kind of interesting little um, cross-genre flick uh, that revolves around um, what I would call a very classic indie movie plot that um, is juxtaposed with more of a monster movie and um, that's really all I want to say. Um, Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis star in this movie. Um, it will come out this year, I'm sure, and I think it's worth seeing. It's a slow start, but um, a really nice payoff. It's definitely Anne Hathaway's movie. I think she's really great, and um, the best part about it, I think, is the setup makes you feel like you were seeing one thing, but then the movie kind of evolves into something else, and that really worked well for me, so I would suggest it. Um, I saw another movie that I definitely don't want you to see. I mean, see it if you want, but I'm just going to tell you, let me see some duds. Let me kiss some frogs so that you don't have to. Um, and this is a movie called Little Hours. Again, um, another writer-director, his name's Jeff Baina. I think I'm saying that right. The movie that maybe you'd be most familiar with if you're into independent movies would be Life After Beth. Um but which starred Aubrey Plaza from Parks and Recreation. Um, so if you're familiar with Aubrey, she actually was a producer on this movie. Um, and she's one of the stars, in addition to Allison Bree of Community. And you also have Kate Maricucci from Garfunkel and Oats. And uh, you also have James Frank, no, nope, not James, sorry, wow, excuse me, Dave Franco, brother of James. You have John C. Riley wow, Deanne, that sounds like a great cast. What could go wrong? I know. Fred Armisen's and what? Fred Armisen? Wow, that sounds great. And Molly Shannon? Molly Shannon's in this too? Well, I don't really see how this could be a bad movie. Let me tell you, it is. There is one scene in the entire runtime that made me laugh, and it was Fred Armisen, and it's certainly not worth the price of admission, but it is a really great little comedic bit um, where basically he's taking these people in 18th century uh, convent world. Listen, okay, here's what I'll tell you: um, compare it to your highness. Compare it to Year One, which were those comedic movies that tried to put you in a period of time and help, and then bring comedic bit to that. That's what this was. Uh, this is centered around um, a convent. And the sexual awakening of three nuns during a time when being a nun wasn't necessarily a choice. It was more of something that you were um, kind of, uh, fall, that you would fall into due to not being married off appropriately or a series of other events. And so um, there's an old, I, I guess, kind of story that uh, this director took his inspiration from about nuns who, uh, or excuse me, about a gardener who impregnated three nuns. Um, at some point in history so that's what this is and it gets crazy and like i said there's a couple of redeeming moments but with this amazing cast this should have been a really good movie and it just didn't hit all the notes so like i said before colossal i dig little hours i dig in Stuff. I've been busy, really busy. Let's bust through this list. Um, I'll do a couple of mini reviews on the way on things that I think are worth mentioning, and otherwise we'll just sort of fly through. Um, there were several that I would recommend to you, and most of these are available streaming, so they're not even things that you have to look that hard for. Um, the first one is um, a movie called Blue Jay. This comes from a very bearded Mark Duplass who has written and directed and starred in a lot of different. Independent works over the last few years. Um, this is a really nice little movie. It's just uh, Mark Duplass and Sarah Paulson. Sarah just won a Golden Globe for her performance of, as Marcia Clark. Um, and uh, yeah, my cheesy notes. I'm looking at the cheesy notes I wrote, and they are cheesy. But I'll just read it to you. It just says, "Touching love note to the first love, to first love and to regret. It's simple and understated. It's about nothing and everything at the same time." Um, so I liked this. Uh, go for it. It's on Netflix. The 13th is available. This was just nominated for an Oscar. So it's uh, definitely worth your time if you're getting um, into um, prepping yourself for Oscar season and seeing all of the movies because I know that's what you're going to do. And uh, The 13th is a documentary about mass incarceration. It takes you through all of the different um Uh, kind of stages from the 70s to present and the different administrations and their involvement or lack of involvement related to this kind of widespread epidemic of mass incarceration, minimum sentencing, etc. This is uh, from Ava DuVernay, who I'm a big fan of. She did Selma, which was the kind of uh, historical Look at um, that particular um, part of Martin Luther King's life that came out a couple of years ago, and she was up for best director for that. She's also Sundance alumni. She's done some other things, and um, I just, you know, I'm into women filmmakers, so I love her for um, what she's doing. This is a really good documentary, I have to say that I feel like sometimes when I watch um, things where I'm just really trying to learn something and focus on that, it can be distracting when we're trying too hard to put really artsy, creative elements in it. There's a lot of interview scenes where it's like these weird long shots down a hallway or like the side of someone's head and the camera panning around to the front. And I'm just, you know, in my documentary watching, those, it's just not really something that I need. So that would be my one critique, but this is a very interesting Um, documentary. I highly recommend it. The next movie I saw that I would recommend to you is also available streaming on Amazon Prime right now. It's a movie called Life Animated. It's also nominated for an Oscar for Best Documentary. And this is the story of the young man who um, was on the far end of the spectrum, uh, the autism spectrum, uh, basically Um, around age three or four, was completely mute and not really communicating. And um, he had a breakthrough in communication as a result of his love and affection for Disney movie and Disney characters, in particular Disney sidekicks. And um, this is the story of how that little boy grows up into a man and is working to um, be being independent in the world. And it's very touching um, and really good. So see this. Um, another one that is out there, this one you would have to purchase on demand, but it is available to purchase. It's a uh, rent, basically, I should say. Um, this is a movie called Christine. Uh, this is a story of Christine Chevik, who's a news reporter from the 70s, who's known for essentially attempting suicide on the air. She struggled with mental illness, and um, um, this movie is just uh, scripted telling of that story. There's also a uh, documentary that's related to this. That's a story about an actress who's preparing to play Christine Chupik and about that process and kind of getting in the head, what it take, means to get in ahead of a character like that. Um, that's called Kate Plays Christine. The, both of these were at Sundance last year. I haven't seen Kate Plays Christine yet, but I really liked Christine and starring Rebecca Ferguson, who if you, uh, you will know from the newest Mission Impossible movie. I'm convinced she needs to take that franchise over from Tom Cruise because she was, I think, the highlight of that last one. Um, and so she's here, and uh, she does a really great job. Neil Brennan, Three mics. Whether or not you want to call this a movie or not, you can argue that if you want to. I feel like you're not going to. Um, Netflix uh, available, and it is a basically um, you know 90-minute, special uh, that he put together that kind of takes on the form of a comedic special but um, he does something a little bit differently basically has three different mics set up uh, one that is for his stand-up ones is, that is for more of kind of these one-liner liner comedic things that he wants to bring out and then the last one or the middle one um, he comes to And speaks much more um, personally about life experiences of his own and his struggles with depression. Um, and it's very serious and touching and you get to juxtapose it with his stand up. Um, and it's really interesting. And um, I, I was... Um, kind of inspired by how raw and honest he was. Um, It's not for everyone. As I said, it gets a little dark. And obviously the comedy, uh, if you don't know who Neil Brennan Brennan is, he wrote for Dave Chappelle forever. He was uh, one of the writers on Half Baked and then obviously a writer on the Dave Chappelle show. So obviously some of the comedy can get a little uh, raunchy for those of you who have sensitive sensibilities, which I understand. But um, if not, uh, this is really interesting to check out. Um, okay, the other—that's it. That's it on the like must-watch list. Um, now let's get into the middle-of-the-road ones. If you're wondering why I was playing "Send Me an Angel" at the beginning of this, I'm going to tell you now. It is because I watched the movie Rad, <laughs> which is just so much fun. 1986. Lori Loughlin from Full House is in this, and it's about BMX biking, I suppose. And it's well known for the scene of Lori Laughlin and the main character, dancing on bikes to send me an angel um so for those of you who have not watched this in a while i'm going to tell you it holds up i thoroughly enjoyed it i put this sort of on my worth a watch if it's your thing list but um anyway i don't think that you can get this a lot of different ways um i know it's not on blu-ray so uh, my husband just happens to have a bootleg dvd copy that we popped in so yeah Um, The new Snowden movie, the Oliver Stone movie, is available on demand. I visited this. I'm kind of late to the party on that one. Um, It was just okay. Um, I'm not a huge Oliver Stone fan. Uh, There are some interesting things to learn about the story of Edward Snowden, and there were some things I definitely took away from the historical piece of it. But uh, the movie itself is heavy-handed. I think the script is a little crazy. I don't know. I didn't like it. So I put it on. Worth a watch if you're inclined. If you're interested in the story of Edward Snowden, then you will like this. But otherwise, I wouldn't waste your time. Patriot's Day. This is from Peter Burke, who brought us Lone Survivor and the movie I liked last year, Deepwater Horizon, which was about the BP oil spill. Patriot's Day is good. Again, I put it on my worth a watch if you're inclined, because I don't think that this is for everyone. There's um, a big constituency who thinks that some of these uh, reenactments of very recent tragic events are inappropriate in some ways. i um, I, I'm not quite on that camp. I got a lot out of this movie. It's always interesting to see if the emotional reaction that you're having to a movie like this is just kind of comes built in because it is so new and fresh to you, and you were part of that historical experience as, with the rest of the country in something... Oh, this is the Boston Marathon bombing. I'm sorry if I didn't say that. That's what the Patriots Day is about. Um, and so yeah, it's hard to know, you know, how much is good movie making just versus, yeah, this story just comes built in with me to have a reaction to it because it is a fresh, very fresh wound. Um, and uh, it's, it it takes uh, kind of this follows the story of several different characters of people, true people, following true people who were involved in this event, um, including um, even a perspective of the bombers. So So it's interesting, and you've got Mark Wahlberg in there again, Um, and, you know, he he does a good job here, and and he isn't afraid to be a flawed character, Um, and I thought that he did a good job. So, look, see it if you want to see it. Um, Split is another one, like I said earlier. See it if you want to see it. Um, I gave you the rundown. You know what you're getting into, so you decide. I also am still doing this deep dive on um, Carrie Fisher, so I watched Postcards from the Edge, which I totally loved, um, this is the one that Carrie Fisher wrote um, that is uh, very, a little bit biographical, although she and Debbie Reynolds claim a lot less than people think, um, but in um, contrast to the Bright Lights documentary that I just watched, it was fun to, um, to see this particular movie, um, and I would suggest it, it's on demand right now, so pop it in, think about Carrie Fisher. Okay. Uh four movies that you're not going to see, just don't do it. Um there's a movie called Intervention that is available that is independent and just boring and not good. Um I told you not to see Little Hours already, so I won't talk about that again. Keeping Up with the Joneses, I just unless you just are really feeling like you need to see an action comedy, this is a fine action comedy, but there's just there, you know, nothing to hang your hat on there. Um, I watched the movie Mad Money, which is uh, Mr. Clooney. And uh, the one, you know, where he, the guy comes on the air because he made him buy a stock. And don't do it. I didn't like it. Really bad movie. Um, and then the last one that we'll end with on the no-go list is a pun that I'm excited about. Because it's the movie Infer, No. Infer, No. Don't see that. It's Dan Brown. It's Tom Hanks. It's the same formula. It's not the movie Da Vinci Code was. I'd rewatch Da Vinci Code before I would see Inferno. Um, That's it, guys. I hope that you are well and that you're having a good week and that you're surviving. Um, I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and this time of year is really depressing because of inversion Um, And so um, I appreciate you letting me podcast because it makes me feel like a human. I went and bought some tulips today, which I thought would help. And they are helping. I'm looking at them right now and I am feeling better. So um, stay warm and stay healthy and stay happy and have a really, really great week and maybe watch some movies. Will you let me know what you watch and how you like it?